Okay, here we go. It is week 12 of the Wanna Bet podcast already. Week 12, I can't believe it. I am David Schiff, as always, your co-host here with my compatriot, my partner, the man, the myth, the legend, Miles V, coming to you from a hotel room in Chicago today. Miles, what's going on? Hi, I'm Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. Well, David, we've reached Thanksgiving week, one of my favorite weeks of the year for the NFL and even in general. My family, like you said, is assembling here in Chicago this year, and I am reminded decades of holiday spent with my mom's Midwestern side of the family and all of the significant others that grace the festivities and that are no longer relevant, right? Let's pour one out for Mitzi Kim, for Maggie Duffy, for Bill Shaw, for Richard, for Ken, and all other fleeting relationships from college onward that various people brought home for the holiday. Not my relationships, by the way. Thanksgiving means belonging somewhere unconditionally, no matter what, because it's your family, right? And I'm just so happy uh, this week to be with my family. My kids are back from college. I'm here with my wife uh, in the city where we got married. I get to spend Thanksgiving with my cousins, their families, and everyone else. And Thanksgiving is tradition, right? You got the Lions, the Cowboys playing every year. It's something to look forward to, something to cherish. I'm just ecstatic this week. And on another note, let's thank God Wendy's is open on Thanksgiving because the food being served this year isn't fit for fucking prison inmates. I mean, you thought Thursday night football was bad. You should see Thursday night Thanksgiving spread. It's fucking horrible. So this is the, actually the only holiday where I lose weight. Well, that is not possible. You cannot be the only person on this planet that does not like a Thanksgiving dinner. Hate it. Hate it. I can't stand it. Maybe it's because the menu's dictated and then I'm forced to eat it. But whatever it is, not my meal. So how about you? Menu is dictated. I am forced to eat it. I love every inch of it. It's one of my favorite meals of the year. One of my favorite weeks of the year, because as you said, family, football, great food. Uh, I'm excited to, you know, get into this week. I'm really excited to put last week in the rear view mirror. Um, really quickly, as you know, on the Wanna Bet podcast, every week, Miles and I bet $1,000 in a series of bets. We must make at least three bets, uh, primarily on the NFL. Each bet has to be at least um, $100. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to spend the first half of the podcast, unfortunately, looking back at last week's bets, where we will crown a winner uh, for the week, and then we will turn our attention to next week's games. We've got a lot going on. And Miles, I'm just going to come out and say it. I had a bad, bad football week. There is no two ways about it. You cannot sugarcoat it. You want to know how bad my week was? I do. I do because mine wasn't so bad. I want to hear about yours. Yeah, we're going to talk about yours in a minute. My, my week was so bad. that So I'm in a fantasy league, um, as a lot of people are, and I won my fantasy week by 17 points. Now, that is not a lot in my week. Now, I'm in a league that's a PPR league. There are a lot of points on the table. It is not uncommon for a team to have 180 or 200 points. So winning by 17 points is not a big deal. But let me tell you how bad my team was. I beat a team by 17 points that did not field a starting quarterback. 
my opponent had Kyler Murray in his starting lineup. He must not have heard that Murray wasn't playing. He didn't replace him. My team was so crappy that I actually needed Garoppolo and Brandon Ayuk to show up and score some decent points because Dalton Schultz was crap. Saquon Barkley was crap. Joe Mixon was crap. uh, DJ Moore was crap. And that really set the tone for my week. They all sucked. It was terrible. And that leads us to my one bet bets. I was 0-3-1 on the week. I'm not a smart man. Yeah, it was not good. I really went 0-2-2. There's an asterisk on one of the games. We'll get to that in a minute. But let's just get into all the bad news. So my first bet is I have the Giants over Detroit, New York. And I had bet 330 to win 300. Now, I believe you called the Giants pretenders last week. And maybe you're right. Now, they were 7-2. They were coming into the game, you know, playing well. They folded like a cheap suit in this game, losing 31-18 to to Detroit. And it was really the first time this season that they looked lost. They got manhandled by the Lions at home. I mean, where did that Lions run defense come from? Wakanda? I mean, they held Saquon Barkley to 22 yards rushing. Um, Which, you know, as we've already discussed, Barkley screwed up this bet for me. He screwed up my fantasy team. He was he's in my doghouse for a while. Is this the Detroit Lions team we thought we'd see earlier in the season coming out of hard knocks last week? The Detroit Lions got their first road win ever under Dan Campbell. Mind you, he has been the head coach for two years. And last week was the first road win. And then this week they got their second. The last time the Lions had consecutive road wins was 2017. So yeah, I didn't see this one coming. But here's the deal. Sometimes football is very simple. You play good defense. You protect the ball. You win games. Lions didn't turn the ball over. They held the Giants to 89 yards rushing, and 50 of those were from Daniel Jones. And on the other side of the ball, Giants, two interceptions. They lost a fumble. This game was over in the second quarter, and I was very happy that I didn't have to watch any more of it. That was a disaster. That was, and it was a popular bet. There were a lot of people that were taking the Giants, and I thought about it. But you're right. I did say the Giants are pretenders. Although I also said, look out for Saquon Barkley to have a big fantasy day and the roster him. That was that was an error there. But I also asked you, I said, are you concerned that, you know, Detroit has managed to pull together two awesome wins in a row, which, by the way, you know, hasn't happened in, in a long time. It's now three wins in a row. I mean, they're actually putting together, uh, you know, a body of work here. Well, I wasn't concerned last week. Uh, but now I'm excited about it going into next week. I can tell you that a little foreshadowing, foreshadowing on one of my bets there. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It, it when you made the bet, um, you know, I, uh, I I I thought that th- that this actually could be um, one of the outcomes. So sorry that it happened that way. Yeah, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers as well. You lose the turnover battle, you lose the game. That game did not go my way. Let's turn our attention to bet number two, which was Chicago Bears plus three over in Atlanta, 315 to win 300. Now the final was Atlanta 24, Chicago 21. So I tied this bet and I get my $315 back. And we've talked about how much fun the Bears have become Uh, And just watching how Justin Fields has really turned the corner and he's turned into a true dual threat. He had another strong game, throwing for a touchdown and rushing for another. 
the reality is the Bears have lost six out of, la- of the last seven games. Even as they become more fun to watch, they're still not winning, and I still pin it on the defense. They're finding new ways to lose every week. This week, they lost to a quarterback, Marcus Mariota, who was 13 for 20 for 131 yards passing. That is not good. Two weeks ago, the Falcons lost to the Panthers 25-15, to and Mariota was 19 for 30 for 186 in that game. But here's the difference. In the Panther game, the Panthers had five sacks and an interception against Mariota. The Bears, no sacks, no interceptions, and Mariota had a stress-free day. It does not help also Bears when you give up a 103-yard kickoff return to Corderell Patterson, who used to be a Bear. And what did I just say above? Protecting the ball and playing, in this case, good enough defense wins you games. Now, if you remember last week on the podcast, I said I was actually considering taking the Bears on the money line, but I was concerned about this Swiss cheese defense that they were putting out there. So I was conservative and I took the points and oh, am I glad I did because I needed that tie. Now, more importantly for the Bears down the road, Fields might have hurt his shoulder. So I'm not sure what's going on with the Bears right now. I'm going to be off of them for a while, but I was lucky to salvage my $315 in this bet. Yeah, well, I'll talk about the Bears in the in the next segment, but I think the momentum changer in that game was that kickoff return because I, the Bears were up, I feel like they were up even two scores at one point, and it seemed like your bet was safe in hand, but that uh, let all the air out of the, the, the room and really made it that it was um, uh, just a definition of a game changer right there. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think it was 17-7 when Patterson um, ran it back. So all of a sudden, it's closer game. Momentum switches to Atlanta. They pull ahead. I'm lucky to uh, salvage that three-point tie. So that uh, 315 did go back in my bank. Now let's turn to the game with the asterisk. So I had Buffalo-Cleveland under 43. Um, I had bet 220 to win 200. The final score was 31-23, but that is meaningless because, and you know what, Miles? I'm just going to say this. I think the NFL is getting soft. I grew up in an era where head slaps were legal, receivers would get destroyed for going across the middle, crackback blocks were commonplace, a concussion meant you sat out a play, maybe two. Now, all the NFL wants is a high-scoring, comfortable pillow fight. I was all over this game on the under for one reason. Weather. Buffalo is expecting a little bit of snow over the weekend. And by a little bit, I mean about six feet. But I was ready for it. That's why I was on that bet. And that's what a savvy better does. Get on top of a wide range of factors, weather, injuries, trends, whatever, and you use them to your advantage. But what did the NFL do? Something they have not done in eight years. They moved the game from Buffalo to Detroit for snow. A dome. They moved the game to a dome. I'm surprised they didn't give them skirts to go with their uniforms. Talk about killing my analysis. Now, as we know, in reality, if I had really made this bet in a casino, they would have voided it. I would have got my 220 back. I had a decision to make. I decided, what the hell, I'm going to let it ride. Even Donnie Wheels tweeted that I should get a redo on that bet. Donnie Wheels, I love you, buddy. You're exactly right. I decided to let it to let it ride. 
you know, who knows what's going to happen there. The Bills were coming off of that crazy loss to Minnesota. Jacoby Brissett is still Jacoby Brissett. I figured, what the heck? Well, guess what? The team scored 54 points. I lost the bet that never would have gone through in the real world. And Miles, I got to say that if the NFL doesn't start working and toughening up their stance, I may have to turn my allegiance over to World Cup soccer. Those guys know how to take a hit. They take it stoically. There's not a lot of drama or shenanigans when there's violence. (laughs) (laughs) No flopping. No, not at all. You rarely see them crying or questioning a call. So I'm putting the NFL on notice that if they don't shape up, I'm heading over to soccer. Go USA. I think it's so funny that you're calling the NFL soft on weather coming from a kid who grew up in San Diego where it's 72 degrees every day. 72. And if it hits 71, we put a sweater on. Are you kidding? Absolutely. All right. So I did make four bets last week. Uh, The last bet was kind of a throwaway bet. I, I bet Pittsburgh plus four and a half over Cincinnati at home. Um, I made this throwaway bet because uh, in the past, Mike Tomlin has a long history of making really good adjustments in the second half of the season, especially when the Steelers are a home underdog and crushing the spread. Unfortunately, all of those previous games were in the Ben Roethlisberger era, not the Kenny Pickett era. And that did not pull through for me. So much for that. So much for the Bengals not having Jamar Chase. They didn't even really have Joe Mixon. Who knew that Samaji Purine was going to catch three touchdown passes? Joe Burrow throws for four touchdowns. Bengals win 37-30. You know, the Steelers were actually winning this game at halftime, but they just sort of fell apart in the second half. This was a throwaway bet. I threw away $135. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. So that was the week for me. I go 0-3-1. I finished the week with 315 in the bank. It really should have been 535 if I had taken that Buffalo Cleveland redo and put the, you know, put the money back. But it's 315. It is what it is. Now we're going to turn our attention to next week. Yeah. Well, hopefully next week will be a better week for you. And look, last week was a tough week generally. Our listeners also had an equally tough week. Let's take a look and see how they did. Uh, Donnie Wheels, he actually was a winner, though, yet again. John, you were gaining more and more street cred with your picks. He had the bear, he had the Bears scoring over 23.5. They scored 24. He had Buffalo minus 7.5. They won by 8. He was just eking out cash last week for Donnie Wills. Way to go. Uh, RJ, he had a losing week, but he did hit on the Raiders-Broncos under. I considered that as my third bet, actually, so that was a good pick there. Uh, and then Bill Kuklanis, who was picking games better than most professionals, finally hit a snag. He went 0 for 3 with his bets this week. That's a first. That's a shocker, actually. You know, Bill seems like the kind of guy who would have MGM Platinum status if he went to a casino. Well, don't forget that you too can make your picks with us each week by going to at Bet Podcast on Twitter. And if for some reason Twitter becomes obsolete, we will find some alternative forum to continue our fun. Absolutely. And if you buy the blue check mark for us, you know, we'll buy it back from you for like five bucks or whatever. So that would be great. Miles, how'd you do this week? Well, let's talk about my week 11 picks. Overall, I was a winner and I'll talk about the games. My first bet was New England minus three against the Jets. And that was 460 to win 400. 
So I've talked about this before. My normal routine on Sunday morning is to watch the NFL Red Zone. And this is where, if you don't know, they have all eight games going simultaneously and then focus in on the games when the offense is driving into the red zone. And if no team is actually in the red zone, they'll focus on a team that's moving the ball. So if you were watching the Red Zone channel with me on Sunday morning, you would have thought that the New England-New York Jets game was on Sunday night (laughs) because they never focused on this game. Yeah. Because neither team was ever in the red zone. Literally. This game was played between the 20s. It was bad. Now, if you weren't watching the red zone on Sunday and instead were watching this game live, you would have thought this game was a Thursday night game because it was hellacious. Zach Wilson had nine total completions for 77 yards in the entire game, okay? He had a nice QB rating of 24.4, and not to be outdone, Mac Jones had a QB rating of 20.3. I mean, the New England offense in this game, it was like a high school team. It was run on first down, run on second down, throw on third down, and then punt. How many punts were there in this game? There were 17 punts in this game. Didn't you have a game recently where it was just a punt fest? Yeah, I think I had one that was 18. Yeah, so uh, that, that's 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 some good football to be watching there. Look, I give credit to both defenses, okay? They played their typical strong games. Uh, I thought that New England would give Zach Wilson a hard time, and they did. Uh, but credit the Jets defense, too, as well. They're the real deal. And I will hesitate the next time I consider taking the Patriots based on that game. And I think uh, there might be a quarterback controversy. And you probably think I'm talking about the New York Jets, but I'll get to that next segment. I think there's a quarterback controversy in New England, okay? When Bailey Zappi's quarterback, you get excitement, you get creativity. With Mac Jones as quarterback, you get sacked six times last game. There were zero offensive touchdowns scored in this game. It was 3-3 for 59 minutes as we all collectively prepared for this game to go to overtime. And what happens? New England scores a punt return touchdown to go ahead 10-3 and solidify the cover. My bet came in, or limped in as it were. I'm happy with the result, but man, that game was a sweat. Yeah, but what a lucky result for you, because obviously there's no way you would have predicted a you know, a punt return in the last 30 seconds. And if this game goes to overtime, there is a very good chance that it's decided by field goals clearly based on the offense that had been going on for the first 60 minutes. And you're lucky if you get your tie at that point. I know. And and actually, based on the way the offenses were going, that game would have ended 3-3 because no one could move the ball. Which would have been worse for you. But you got the result you needed and good for you because that was your big bet, if I'm not mistaken. That was. I was very happy to do it. Yes, I came in finally on the Patriots. But like I said, I'm going to think twice about looking at them again. Don't blame you. My next bet was New Orleans minus four against the Rams, and that was 315 to win 300. Um, I was impressed with Matt Stafford, actually. He comes into the game, leads the team throughout the first half. He threw a touchdown bomb to some practice squad dude named Tutu something or other, and he even found a way to help Allen Robinson score a receiving touchdown. So for a while during this game, I thought maybe I miscalculated and I was wrong to bet against the Rams. Then the momentum changed. Matt Stafford got knocked out of the game. And you may recall that the Rams' backup is John Wolford, but he got injured the week before and he was unavailable. So the Rams have to put in their third-string quarterback, Bryce Perkins. Bryce Perkins was the quarterback of the University of Virginia, 
And that's the only statistic I could find on that guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know that name. <laughs> He's a nobody. And given where the Rams are this year in the standings, he may be the key to getting a good draft pick next year. I don't know. Uh, the Saints, they were finding ways to keep the game close, and they looked like they were turning a corner. And then once there was no longer a quarterback for the Rams, you know, it was only a matter of time before the Saints would overwhelm them. And I'm looking at, you know, Chris Olave there. He had a great game, 102 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the Saints won by seven points. Uh, really wasn't even that close of a game, but it was a cover again for me, giving me my second straight win uh, and, you know, winning both those games in the morning. So that actually gave me a winning week because my last bet was the Vikings – Plus one and a half against Dallas, and that was two twenty-five to win two hundred five. This was a big, this was a swing and a miss, man. This was, this was bad. <laughs> can you can you lose double? Because you should lose double for how badly this game went. <laughs> as good as I feel I've been all season picking games, was I wrong about this one? And I agonized. I was really struggling to find the third game, and I decided on this one. Woof, that was wrong. That is one big pile of shit. This was a game for maybe seven minutes, and that was it. And then it was just an embarrassment. Uh, You know, I was flipping through Twitter and comforted only by the fact that Bill Simmons, uh, he has this million-dollar pick segment, which, by the way, is quite similar to our little format here. You should keep an eye on that. Just saying. Uh, And he and the co-host, Peter Schrager, were both very high in the Vikings and felt like this is their year. And uh, no, this wasn't their year. This wasn't their week. Uh, After watching that one, I have a real hard time wanting to get on the bandwagon for the Vikings. You know, we joke a lot about Kirk Cousins and what time his games start. But I think I said last week that even though it technically wasn't a primetime game, it was an afternoon game and it's a big game. And once again, he just shrinks up. He was awful. And I, I think, you know, Look, there's a lot of mental things going on in this game, but I'm starting to think that he's really, you know, mentally starting to shrink up and can't get past it in his own head. I mean, he was 12 for 23 with 105 yards. You cannot be a contender in the NFL putting up numbers like that. They really, uh, you know, shit the bed in a dramatic way, in a way that could have ramifications for, you know, weeks to come. Yeah, and I even said last week this might have been a bad spot to make this bet where Dallas came off a loss they should have won and Minnesota came off a win they should have lost. I ignored it, and I went with the home dog theory here, and I, you know, I had conflicting information. You know, I mean, Dalvin Cook, I think he only had 11 carries. They were down the whole game, so he was irrelevant, and Justin Jefferson was a non-factor. He didn't catch a ball until late in the game. So this was pathetic. I'm sorry. Please don't hold this transgression against me. I still had a winning week overall, okay? And that's nine out of 11 weeks this year where I'm cash positive and eight weeks in a row that I've made you money by listening to my bets. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. Yeah, I want to emphasize that. Cashing for the eighth straight week, 1475 in your bank. You are consistently putting up great numbers. And, you know, analyzing these games in a very savvy way. So kudos to you. You're up six weeks to five. We're starting to stretch apart even further on the bank side. 
Um, but this is, you know, hope springs eternal for week 12 because we get to put all of that in the past for me and turn our attention to week 12. And Miles, I'm going to make a prediction right now. This is going to be my first perfect week. Really? Wow. You heard it right here. I'm making three bets. I love all of them. First perfect week on one a bet. David's bets. Put it in the bank. There you go. I want to hear them. I, I I mean, every time you make a proclamation, you end up coming back with an apology. So I'm I'm really excited to hear these. Why do you have to bring that up? <laughs> I can see you getting your recorder out ready to like <laughs> play that on next week's podcast. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. It's Thanksgiving week. Nothing says Thanksgiving like the Detroit Lions and football. My first bet of the week, I am betting on the Lions to cover plus nine and a half over Buffalo at home. I'm betting 230 to win 209. It's Thanksgiving. It's the Lions. And more importantly, it's rule 1A and rule 1B all rolled in together. Not only am I not going against a home underdog, I am proactively taking a home underdog. And Miles, this game was one half of a point away from being a 1C where I almost had to consider them on the money line because it was almost a double digit, you know, spread. And we know how often that's been coming in. Not going to go there. I don't think the Lions are going to win, but I love them to cover this bet right now. This is a confident Lions team. They've won three straight. They're playing a Buffalo team that's lost two out of three and has looked a little bit shaky. Josh Allen only threw for 197 yards last week. More importantly, in that game in the Dome against Cleveland, he only rushed for seven yards. I don't think he's fully healthy. The Lions' run defense stepped up last week. They contained Saquon Barkley, as we've talked about. Maybe they've found something. And, you know, Dan Campbell is a, you know, charismatic, contagious guy. And maybe he's finally getting that team moving in the right direction. You know, this is going to be the first game of a triple header on Thanksgiving. I'm going to get up early to watch this thing. I say Detroit keeps it close. They're going to lose by four or five points. That's okay with me. I start my Thanksgiving weekend off on a positive note. I like your bet. I like the Lions getting nine and a half. And I think you're right about Josh Allen. There's something off about him. I don't think he's quite right. I think there's that injury that happened a couple of weeks back where they thought maybe he had something more seriously wrong with him. I, I think it's affecting his overall play. He just isn't playing with the reckless abandon that he played at the beginning of the year. And that concerns me. So um, I didn't take any of the Thanksgiving games, but if I had leanings, uh, I, I too would be on the Lions, and if I'm just going to disclose, uh, and I'm not taking either the, I'm not taking the either other games either. But I think the Giants getting nine points in a divisional game is too many points to get, and I think I'd lean over on that one too. And and maybe this is all kind of recent bias by seeing last week's outcomes, but after watching New England, you know, not score an offensive touchdown, and Minnesota not scoring an offensive touchdown. I might look at that under a little bit and say, what's going on there? So who knows? Uh, I uh, don't want to put something on Thanksgiving. I will watch it and watch it just without the sweat and nervousness that you're going to end up having. But uh, I love that. At least you've got some action going. So I'm laying it out there. First game of the weekend. What do you like this this week? Well, 
my first bet and my big bet is going to be the Chicago New York Jets under. And I got it while it was at 41 and a half. I think it's actually moved down to 39 and a half. Uh, and I think the reason being is that you mentioned in your initial discussion about the Bears, Justin Fields injured his shoulder. Now it's his non-throwing shoulder, but I don't know that he's going to play this week. And it's Tuesday, we should disclose. It's Tuesday as we're recording this, and we don't have all the information yet. But I'm thinking the Bears probably want him to get healthy and don't want him to play. And you called it. He is a dual threat, and he's the reason why Chicago's been so fun to watch. But without him, we're looking at Trevor Simeon. And if you live 20 miles or more outside the city of Chicago, you probably never even heard of that guy. In fact, I think more people have heard of me than have heard of Trevor Simeon. Okay. He was the quarterback at Northwestern a few years back. So he's a local kid. He's one of those fan friendly home team takes the local guy stories, but he's never going to be more than a backup quarterback. To the extent that Chicago can't score anything other than a Justin Fields rushing touchdown, I don't think Trevor Simeon is the answer to, the, to that one. So I don't see the Bears scoring a lot of points. Now, I said that there's a quarterback controversy in New England, which was kind of tongue-in-cheek. There is an actual quarterback controversy in New York because after that 10-3 abysmal game, they asked Zach Wilson if they thought he had anything to do with the fact that their offense sucked, and he, like, he denied it. He's like, no, no, not my fault. What would you do with a brain if you had one? And I think now his fans are kind of – not getting behind him anymore. And the coach has said he's not even sure he's the starter. So I think there's a big quarterback controversy going on in New York. And, you know, them having no offense, the Bears having no offense, I just feel like the under's the right call here. Now, you're right, Chicago's defense hasn't been all that great either. But you take a weak offense against this defense, I still think 41 and a half is going to be a lot of points to score in that game. So I'm going under. And that's my analysis there. Watching the Jets play the Patriots in that game, I would take the Jets in an under if they were playing the Lakers. That's how bad their offense was. Uh, I think you're right. I think this comes down to the health of Justin Fields. If he's healthy uh, with their defense, that's bad. I might be a little bit more nervous about it. Hopefully you got this number at a good point. Uh, but certainly I see why you're on, on the under on this bet. Yeah, I'm taking a small gamble because I don't know his status, but uh, I like I like it. All right. My second bet is my big bet of the week, and I am going to take an over. I'm going to take the 49ers New Orleans Saints over 43. I am betting 440 to win 400. I love this number. The San Francisco 49ers are putting together all the right pieces at the right time. They make the biggest move at the trade deadline, adding Christian McCaffrey. How has that worked out for them? Well, they're 3-0 in their last three games, averaging 33 points in those wins. In their six wins overall, they're averaging just a hair under 30. So they are putting points on the board, and they're coming off a game where Jimmy Garoppolo just threw four touchdowns against the Cardinals. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are a solid one-two punch at receiver. George Kittle is getting healthier every week. Look out for the 49ers. They are going to score points. And the Saints are no pushovers. Listen to this. The Saints average 22 points a game on the road. 
21 points a game. There's not a big fall off when they go on the road. And Andy Dalton coming off his best game of the year. Yes, it was against the Rams, but he was 21 of 25 for 260 yards and three touchdowns. Now, if you're worrying about Jameis Winston and saying, is he going to be the starter? Absolutely not. According to the Saints, Dennis Allen has said that it is Andy Dalton right now. I like that. The spread on the game is the 49ers plus nine. Would I touch that bet with a 10-foot pole? Absolutely not. But points points are going to be plentiful. Saints aren't scared to go on the road. I'll take the over in this bet. Yeah, that's an interesting one because I do agree with you at how powerful the 49ers have been. And, you know, even two weeks ago, they, they should have stuck it to the Chargers and scored more than what they put up. So I think those numbers are even lower than what they could have been. They're a, they're a really – sound football team, both offensively and defensively. Uh, And that's my only concern on the bet is that is their defense is probably top five in the league. And, you know, it might be harder for new Orleans to put up the 21 in order that they've been putting up. But, you know, if Seattle puts up more than, or if uh, San Francisco puts up more than their share of of the total, you'll be fine. Look, if San Francisco scores their 33 that they've been doing over the last three games, I only need 10 from the Saints. I'll take that. Well, keeping with the overs and unders, I'm also doing uh, another another over-under bet for my second bet. I actually I thought this week was a tough week to handicap on the sides. I just couldn't pick the teams. Maybe it's because it's a little earlier than usual for us, but... Uh, my next bet is the Tennessee-Cincinnati over, and that is over 42-and-a-half. And I'm betting 330 to win 300. Um, I don't know if you know this, but against the spread this year, Tennessee is eight and two in the top NFL team. And so you might say, why aren't you taking Tennessee? They're actually a home underdog getting one point. And believe me, I thought about it. I thought long and hard about it. And I probably would if it weren't for something I said one of the more recent podcasts, which is the Bengals. I just don't know who they are yet, and I'm afraid of them. And so if they were playing other teams, I probably would be all over that. But here I'm deciding, you know what? I'm, if they keep it close, the Bengals have been scoring a ton of points. And I think you pointed out last week that, uh, you know, Burrow had four touchdown passes. I think I think Joe Mixon did get injured, but P. Ryan, you know, subbed in and had – you know, three touchdowns, receiving touchdowns for the first time in, in, you know, running back history for apparently the the Bengals. So I see this as being a high-scoring game. And if Cincinnati keeps up their effort at scoring and Tennessee keeps up their effort at covering, there's going to be more than 42.5 points scored. Yeah, it's an interesting bet. This is an interesting game. Cincinnati definitely has the ability to put up a lot of points. I did a little, you know, kind of just digging into their sort of past history. The one thing I noticed that, you know, Tennessee, they've won seven of their last eight games, which obviously is really good. They've only scored on average of 20 points in doing that. So that tells me a couple of things. One, their offense is good enough, but it's not like completely blowing people out of the water. And it also means their defense has been pretty good. So just not kind of sure where Cincinnati is in this equation. You know, they're the mystery, as you see. Are they going to be able to get by Tennessee's defense and put up some points? Does Tennessee put up enough? Um, I'm a little unsure on this one. Yeah, I, I see your point. I mean, 
I guess I'm kind of expecting a couple rushing touchdowns out of Derrick Henry and maybe, you know, a little more out of Tennessee. I feel like if they can get 17 to 20 points, uh, this bet should come in. I think you're right. I think Derrick Henry um, is going to be a key leading rusher in the NFL. And I think you're about right. If they can hit 17 to 20, you should be okay. We'll see. All right. That takes us to my last bet. And in that bet, I am taking Seattle minus three and a half over the Raiders. The game is in Seattle. I'm betting 330 to win 300. Now, I believe I might have said a couple of weeks ago that I am swearing off the Raiders yeah. after they I'm lost. afraid I'm going to have to pull rank on you here. I'm with the mattress police, and these mattresses have no tags. No, you did. You said that. You said, I am off the Colts, and I am off the Raiders. And I, I, I think it was because of that game. Yeah, really what I meant was I'm off of betting on the Raiders, which I had done in that Colts game. I mean, how can you not like this bet? I mean, the Seahawks, they're 6-4. and four. They're coming off a bye. They're tied for the lead in the NFC West. They're only giving up three and a half points at home. I mean, yes, their last game was a loss, but that game was the longest possible road trip in the history of the NFL. They had to fly to Berlin. Berlin is 9 million miles away from Seattle. I counted. They lost. Who cares? What happens in Berlin stays in Berlin. They have been home sleeping in their comfy beds for two weeks. Geno Smith is comeback player of the year, thrown for 17 touchdowns, four interceptions. And he is facing the Raiders, who are just having a dumpster fire of a season. They've lost three of their last four games. Yes, they beat the Broncos in overtime last week. But you know what? I think that's a liability. Division games are mentally draining. Overtime is physically draining. They're going to be a tired team. They're having a bad season. They've allowed 20 points in nine out of the last 10 games. They're coming into Seattle, who's rested, who's pissed off. You know what? I don't care what I said two weeks ago. I love this bet. Seattle covers. Raiders suck. Look, you don't have to convince me to bet on the Seattle Seahawks, okay? <laughs> That's right. I, you wrote I, them for a while. Now it's my turn. <laughs> now you're on the Patriots. <laughs> I, I wrote that team. I, I rode them like I rode Cavarici pants in 1990, okay? I was just overusing them. And I looked at them again this week, but just I am suffering from the, uh, you said Berlin. I might have been Munich where I think they uh, they had their debacle. Either way, well, it's all the same. Not, not, none of those cities were good for our people, as you went over last week. Well, I'm 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 <laughs> going to take a pause on the Seattle Seahawks this week. I did see that uh, that it did look appetizing, but then I looked at who's on the other side of that game. It's the Raiders. I've already sworn them off either side of the game. I don't even know if I bet a an over under in a the game they're playing. I they're too unpredictable for my taste. So even though I love the Seahawks generally. No way. Not going near it. Uh, good luck to you, bud. But not, you're not getting anything out of me on this one. Put it in the bank. 3-0 and this week. I'm going to do it. Those are my bets. Miles, you got one more for us. What do you got? I got another over-under. I'm going over 46.5, which is a lot of points, when the Eagles take on the Packers. So I've been very anti-Packers this year, and I've won uh, several of my bets picking against the Packers. So I just uh, – I don't like them. I don't think they're that good. But I think Philadelphia has given them seven points, and I wasn't comfortable uh, laying seven points. And I thought, I kind of want to be on this game. It's going to be a, a, a very prime time, heavily watched game. I think it's the Sunday night game. 
And I think that there's points to be had. I think that Aaron Rodgers, you know, really brings it when it's prime time. And perhaps this will be the time where he just has an explosion. I don't know that they're going to win, but I could see him throw in some touchdown passes. I can see the Packers scoring their share of the, you know, 20, 20 some odd points. And you add that to Philadelphia's explosive offense, and I think this is an, uh, an over in the making. Okay, Philadelphia's been great. Yes, they got hampered two weeks ago with their first loss. Yes, they had a miracle comeback win this last week and eked one out by one point. I think this is the type of game that's just set up for an offensive shootout, and that's what I'm looking for. So it's my uh, my smaller bet of 230 to win 209. I'm going over on the Eagles Packers. Yeah, I got to admit, this is a little bit of a strange one for me because, boy, the Packers and just scoring points. Yeah. I don't know that I've seen that uh, or see it trending over the last few weeks. And also, as you said, Philadelphia has been a little shaky lately. So this could be one of those games where the dams unleash and there's points galore and you're three quarters of the way there by halftime. Or, yeah, I... If this number were about two to three points lower, I would feel more confident. But 46 and a half is a significant amount of points, particularly for the Packers to have to do their heavy lifting. Their line hasn't been great. Their receivers are young. Rodgers is crotchety. I don't know. Well, I'm hoping that it's... uh flashback era hot tub time machine maybe they get back to their old ways and start putting up some exciting football that's what i got for you by the way i i would say that just as Kirk cousins historically shrinks in big games rogers plays well so he could look at that sunday night platform you know and really shine under the spotlight and that could amplify him and Spur him to do better. We'll see. Uh, we didn't talk about this. There was no bet this week, but we are playing for an incredible dim sum slash soup dumplings lunch this week to be um, consumed in Chinatown, I believe. Yeah. And if not Chinatown, Monterey Park has uh, an equally satisfying array of places. So I think that could be in play as well. That would be awesome. I feel like... Uh, I won last week and I didn't get the full satisfaction because there wasn't anything on the line. So I'm glad we're doing dim sum, which is one of my favorite things in the world. We've done a lot of great burgers, sandwiches. I too am really looking forward to this week. Some great dim sum, some soup dumplings. It'll be a nice change. There's some great places here in LA. Um, So that will be on the docket next week. Check your Twitter to see uh, who's paying out and who's uh, celebrating the win. Miles, once again, we have made it through another week. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one, though. It's going to be great to just gather with everyone, focus on the football, and just relax. So I hope you have a great Thanksgiving to you and yours, and I do love your body, Larry. You too. I hope all those Vs have a great time. Everybody out there, thanks for listening. We love it. We love all the support. We're having a yeah. great time. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you soon on the One of Podcast. Peace out. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. 
Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business, spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour. Electric acid.